You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Buenos dias. That was a good podcast. We can finish it right there. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing good. 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 You signed the girls up for school this morning? Yep. I did that pretty fast, too. I thought I was going to be a line, so. I did, too. But you were there early, so. Yeah. Definitely wasn't going to be a line early. <laughs> At 12, when they finish, there's going to be a line, but early there won't be. So they start school next week, next Monday, right? Is it next Monday? Uh, if you signed them up, they didn't tell you, like. (laughs) That's something I should ask. I need to go back tomorrow to get their uniforms and um, their list of school supplies, so I'll ask. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Not really, but they're not really that excited. Uh, Joey, a a little bit, but they're both kind of dreading it, the early morning. Yeah, and going to bed, bedtime, earlier bedtime and Mm -hmm. such, so they're dreading it, too. Well, fun times. Well. Ooh, it's me and Melinda here, obviously. Simon is still in Santa Cruz. He comes back next week. He, I think, will be rejuvenated and excited to be back, and so that'll be fun. This month went by really fast. Yeah, it did go by fast. But Maybe. just life in general just goes by fast true. now. Like, when you're an adult, like, it's, 20, it's 2020. Do you remember, as a kid, like, the stuff that they told you was going to be around in, 20, in 2020? It was me, oh, definitely flying. Oh, that was the year 2000. Flying yeah, cars flying was cars, definitely... Yeah. Like, there was no, but on the other side of it, there's a lot of stuff that we have way far surpassed that they thought was going to be, like, oh, the year 2000. I remember as a kid, it was just always in the year 2000, in the year 2000, in the year 2000. Like, the number actually made, you know, you're going mm-hmm. into a new millennium, so it's like, oh, that's going to make a difference. In, the Y2K, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And get your, what was it, like, you had to get water. and t- Everything. You had to get everything. Yeah, because. Stock up on life. They, like, this tells you everything you need to know about how fast technology is advancing. There was a crisis, a worldwide crisis, <laughs> based on the idea that they didn't know if they designed the clocks to go to zero, like, from 1999, or the, I guess, the uh, calendars, to go from 1999 to 2000. And they thought that was going to shut everything down. Supposedly, it's going to happen, or they believe it's going to happen again. Uh, I can't remember what year I read, but some glitch in a computer again sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the toilet paper companies, the bread companies, and the water companies are behind this. Like, they have a coalition, and every 20 years or so, let's form something to make people scared to buy all of our (laughs) products. Buy all the toilet paper! Because that's the most important thing, is if we, you know... We don't have anything else. At least we have toilet paper. That's important. <laughs> uh, I do remember uh, watching uh, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, was it? I do remember. Funhouse Playhouse. What was it? Pee Wee's Playhouse. Pee Wee's Playhouse. And thinking, how cool would that be to call people and you could see their uh-huh. face? I remember Back to the Future was one of my favorite movies. And there's a scene in the first. It's the first movie, I believe. <laughs> and um, his boss calls him on a video chat. And he fires him over the video chat. So he says, you're fired. And then as he says that, a fax comes through. And it's like printing, like, and it says, you're fired on the fax. And it was such a cool thing. Like, oh, wow, that would be amazing. And it's like, that's so old and outdated. Yeah, you don't use fax. Like, what was the place we had to get some papers a couple years ago? And they're like, well, you send the fax to. Was was it here in the States? I don't know. Probably here because we live here. I was going to say it was in the States because I know in um, real estate, they still use fax machines a lot. But in nothing else. Like, you don't, no one faxes anything. Like, we couldn't, that's what it was. We couldn't find a fax machine (laughs) to do it. Like, because they didn't, I mean, I think they caught on with businesses, but on a personal level, I think, like, they thought it was going to catch on. I think they thought everybody was going to have a fax machine in their house. It just, it never fully took off. It just had too many issues. Like, yeah. Say received it and you didn't. But now they actually have an app where you can scan your document and fax it from your phone. That's called email, text message, right. Facebook Messenger, but for Instagram. some reason it goes to their fax machine. I don't know how that. Well, so to your one grandfather who has a fax machine, you can do send it to his fax machine from your phone. Yeah. Because I don't know anyone personally who has a fax machine. Uh, I think my sister and brother do in their. Um, uh, so I know two people who have a fax estate. machine. <laughs> it's one fax machine, two oh, people. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, you know, it, but it's just weird how it changes. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Right. I remember seeing all that stuff, though, thinking like, oh, video call, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and the, the irony is, is now we have the ability to video call any moment that we want, but we choose to text. Yeah. Like, it's very odd. Like, just the trends are very, I mean, text makes sense, but, but I also remember when text first became a thing, it was like T9. You had to push the button, like, or no, it, T9 read your words, but it was like predictive text or whatever. Uh-huh. But like, before that, you had to just push the button oh, yeah. three times. And if you pass, you had to push you it three push more it times. Again. Yeah, and I remember like, when the QWERTY keyboards came out, it was like, wow, you have a QWERTY yeah, keyboard. We are living in the future. <laughs> so, it's so crazy, man. Anyway. So crazy. Yeah, I don't know how we got on that rabbit trail. Anyways, so one thing we want to talk about today is, uh, or probably the only thing we want to talk about today is fundraising. Just our perception of fundraising before our perception of fundraising now, mm-hmm. different things that kind of we were told were going to work or weren't going to work or whatever. Because we'll probably have a big fundraising project coming up this year that we have to obviously fundraise for. <laughs> <laughs> a big pro- I, sh- I should say a big project coming up this year that we'll have to fundraise for. Yeah, and then I think when it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't make that leap into missions is because they're afraid of the fundraising Yeah, it's terrifying. It is, it's scary. Well, I mean, yeah. for, it, first... Asking people for money is just, that's, it, it's not a fun thought. Mm-hmm. Um, regard, we can spiritualize it and whatever, because there is a spiritual aspect to it, right? Um, but it still doesn't take away the feeling of, like, that just awkwardness of asking people to give you money. Like, yeah. it's just a weird thing. For the people who don't know, what is the spiritual aspect of? Well, I mean, it's just generosity, you know, generosity and giving something bigger to yourself. Missions as a church, as Christians specifically, um, missions is the church being where it isn't and evangelism is the church being where it is. Mm-hmm. So every church is called to do both. You're called to work in your community and help the community be built up, but you're also called to uh, connect, combine, or do projects in other places uh, where you're not as well. And just, it's, it's a great commission, right? Mm-hmm. You, so you're sending people, you're, it's a system. You're growing people there in your church. You're sending some out to whether it's plant other churches or be part of other churches or to the mission field, but you're sending people out. You have this, like the center is the church, right? And so you raise people up, you, and you grow them in the faith or whatever you want to call it. Um, so from there, they're sent out to different places. And, or if you're not necessarily sent out from that church, you can be connected. Like we're in our case, we're not from every church that supports us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't attend there as children or whatever, but we've connected with them and they've, you know, partnered with us to reach people in Trinidad, Bolivia, a place that they've never even knew existed until we moved here, which is the beauty in it is because you can be in Fort Dodge, Iowa, or Charleston, West Virginia, or Marmette, West Virginia, or Columbus, Ohio, or, you know, whatever. You can be in those places and you can reach people in Trinidad, Bolivia without having to say, okay, guys, let's all quit our job, you know. Yeah. And so you're answering the call of God for the Great Commission locally, yeah, because you are there physically making disciples who make disciples and sending those people out locally as well, more or less, around to do different things. Whether it's, uh, even if you send people through the job, the lawyer is sent, the doctor is sent, the janitor is sent. So you're, you're raising these people up, sending them out locally. But also you need to have a, a global reach as well, regardless of the size or context of your church. You need to have a global reach. And even for our church, because we are in a third world country and we're in a place that has not had so much of a global reach, it still is the goal and the mission of our church to work to the place, to be productive enough. It's not pressure for us, but it's really just depending on God and to grow people up so they can reach people here, whether it be in their jobs or whether it be in starting with parachurch ministries and also sending people on missions, sending people or partnering with people who are in other countries. As a church, that's our goal, too, even though we are in a third world country, even though we don't bring in, you know, $10,000 a month or whatever it is. I don't know what the average is in the United States or $2,000 a month, whatever, in, in, um, in offerings. We, you know, we still have that responsibility and we should have that. Um, not even just responsibility, but we should have a desire and a passion to do that too. Yeah. But I think sometimes we see it become over obsessed with the mission side, and we don't, we just don't even speak to our neighbor. Mm-hmm. But then the other side is like, oh, I'm called inside these four walls. No, you're not, because these four walls don't really exist in the spiritual realm. That doesn't, you know, doesn't work like that. And so we're called to both. Yeah. We're called. Every single person is called to both, but every single person isn't called to actively, physically participate in both. You know, because yeah. I can't be. For me, like I am a missionary in in some sense, but also what we miss out is I'm a missionary, but I'm I'm a missionary from the people in the United States the way they see it, but here the people see it as I'm I'm an evangelist mm-hmm. because I re- I live here I reach people in the community here, and so but it's my job to uh, 
to re to kind of recreate that. So I'm here as evangelist. Okay, but now who are we gonna reach and send it on and send you know raise people up and send them whether it be to Peru or Brazil or yeah. Southern Bolivia, so on, so you know, so on and so forth. Not, not again, again, not pressure, but that's what you know we should be doing. And so I forgot what your question was, but that took us. You change. answered it. Yeah. What well, was the question? For those those people who don't know, what does uh, it look like to give? Wait, I forgot the question too. Oh well. <laughs> but you yeah. answered it and several others, I, I suppose. So then there are there are two kinds of uh, I guess uh, ways that missionaries then receive their support. Is one is from a sending church that supports them, or sending organization. Uh, wait. Wait a minute. Sending organization does not give you money. Right. Typically, they take money from you. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, it is what it is. That is true. Okay, so the sending church would be your your home church, most. Yeah, yeah, mo- mostly it's your sending church. Um, and they give you, they support you. Uh, they're the majority of. Well, biggest- so so this is where we get. This is where things get cloudy. <laughs> and so I, I've heard of different conflicts with missionaries and their churches because the missionary feels like their church. I think it's seventy percent. I think that's what they say. Your church, your home church, is supposed to support you seventy percent. That sounds great for the missionary. And there was maybe a time when that was realistic. It's just not realistic now. It's not. It's not. Maybe. I mean, if if you have a big church and like think about what our budget is and we what we want our budget to be, it's just unfair to put that stress and pressure on on a church yeah. to do all. Like it's, I, I I don't I I agree with it if the church is able and if they're willing to do it. I, amen. Like do it. Do it hundred percent if you want. You know mm-hmm. that's great. But I about. As a missionary, to put that expectation on the church, I feel, is a little bit unfair. And I don't want to say it's lazy on my part, but it's convenient to what I just stated in the beginning, that it's yeah. uncomfortable to raise money. So it's awful convenient that I don't want to raise funds. And then, oh, I can find in books. I mean, it's in all the missions books, fundraising books, that the church should... I, I think the percentage is 70% of your, your, your monthly support or whatever, yeah. or year, whatever. How you the, would think that a lot more people would be missionaries if that were the way y- things still operate. Yes. But it would be much easier for us if it went that way. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not anyone's fault. That's that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous amount of money yeah. to put. And they have stuff too because I just said that they have a, a local responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sucking up all the extra funds and then I'm going to go back and preach and scold them for not being locally responsible, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it, it goes it goes both ways. And so there's a downside to that too because um, you know in in our situation we have had. Uh, churches that have supported us for for a good amount a big lump sum i guess would would be the proper way to say it yeah and then the pastor passes away who was our biggest advocate and believer and then cut off we're cut off yeah Yeah. and and it hurts the budget like yeah um, like like we we had and i mean i'll I'll just be honest about it because i mean it is what it is we had a church that supported us for 500 dollars a month and it was I mean, it was great. They started off le- less than that, and then we, you know, I don't know what happened, but they decided to bump it up, and it was awesome. And we, we had a great relationship with them, and they got our vision, and we definitely got their vision, and you know, it was great. Um, he he died unexpectedly. Um, the church continued with their support or whatever. They voted in a new pastor, and um, or no, it sounds bad. They brought in a new pastor. No, I don't know why I said voted in. I guess it's political season, so <laughs> they brought in hired a new pastor, and. Um, he just didn't even want to talk to me. Like, I, I reached out to him on several different platforms, and I reached out to different people from the church because I wanted to communicate with them, introduce myself, and so, you know, so on and so forth. Like, we're working together in, in, in Bolivia. Like, that's re, – but he, he would refuse my calls and refuse – he just refused to communicate. Mm-hmm. And um, I know people from, from that church. And so I reached out to them thinking maybe I had bad information, and they were – and it kind of created a little bit of a mess because they were embarrassed, like, you know, this guy. And anyways – he he cut us off and was like, you know, we're not giving. And, and he said some other stuff that just ended up not being true. But it became a very it, it was a bl- it was a blessing when they gave the five hundred. But for people who like us who aren't a Samaritan's purse or aren't a one world reach or whatever, it's, you know, we don't have millions of dollars coming in. That's a lot of money on a monthly basis, yeah. a huge amount of money that that disappeared from us. I don't have an issue when people drop us from support. I mean, it hurts because. We have to we have to operate, mm-hmm. but I don't have an issue when people have stuff happens, man. Yeah. Life stuff happens and stuff. I don't have what I did take issue with is that just refusing to communicate with me at all and refuse yeah. just have the conversation with me. It's not I, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, but um, yeah, so. you, and then and then we have uh, supporters <clears throat> who are, are just families or or mm-hmm. uh, uh, one person. You know, they're single or, um, and and those are people in our in our case who mm-hmm. have been extremely faithful and yeah. have been there from the very beginning. Yeah, and and it's a I wouldn't say it's a lot easier, but. Um, as far as communicating, it is easier because you just send them a Facebook message and yeah. it goes directly to them yeah. versus a church. You're sending it to a mission board or to uh, an accountant or representative mm-hmm. of the person who is the decision maker. And it might or might not get to where yeah. you need it to go. And yeah. and most of the time, too, individuals communicate, hey, I'm having a really rough time, medical bills or yeah. whatever. Absolutely. And, um, you, and at that point, you don't want them to support you. Exactly. you and, and You want to pray with them. You, yeah. hope, you hope that things are are going to work out for them. Right? Yeah. Because you know? we've had, like, we've had people that have supported us for years and like different stuff has happened. Like we had a baby, lost a job or whatever, you know? Yeah. And like, man, like, please stop. And I, I had a friend that I told him, was like, well, maybe you should stop supporting us. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no way. We're never going to do it, which I appreciate that. But I was sincere about it. Like, cause I care about the person more than I do. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's, it's not about money. Like it really isn't about money. It's about relationships and, yeah. and, but I do care about my relationships on this part, on this side where I live. And so it does take money to realize that. But I just I think it would be a lot better if everybody could understand that fundraising is not personal on both sides of it. Yeah. Missionary understand that, but also sponsor supporter understand that, you know, it, it goes. But going back to what you said a second ago about if missionary uh, churches um, were to commit to 70 percent, I think that would be easy. But it, that, that that the fact that that doesn't really exist that much. Um, also eliminates a lot of people that probably shouldn't be missionaries anyway. Yeah. Because it makes it too easy. Mm-hmm. And so people may be looking for adventure or uh, what's uh, there's a word, wanderlust or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Like, the, oh, yeah, I want to be a missionary. And the church just forks out the money or whatever. And, yeah. Because um, I think one thing on, on, the, on the U.S. side for us, obviously, as United States-based missionaries, is what we have to take into account is when we send out missionaries, we're exporting whatever that person is to the country on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And even on a bigger thing, on, the, on behalf of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So would it, I, you know, I talked to a guy one time in private and um, he, he was interested in missions. And he kind of started ranting on about guns and a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't have an issue with guns, by the way. but And just a bunch of, a, a bunch of uh, U.S. issues were very, very near and dear to him. But they're things that if you come here... And you have those, like, you're, you're just going to be, people are going to put walls up. They don't, it's not, it's just a different, it's different. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I you told him, it was like, if these are the, if that's the hill that you want to die on, then maybe you should reconsider missions. Because it's just, that's not what we're here for. We're, yeah. we're not here, we're here for the gospel. We're not here to promote any type of political party or political ideologies or, you know, so we're not even here to promote personal freedom. Yeah. And, and personal physical physical freedom, we're here to promote spiritual and eternal freedom. And that's something we need to remember, I think. But So you have all these people that end up in missions sometimes if the support is too easy to raise. Yeah. And so it kind of weeds out. And, and, and maybe if, again, how many people say they have a heart for missions or want to be missionaries, but that big, big, like, wall of support raising is the, is the thing that kind of holds them back. Because, I mean, it almost held, held us back. Like, I don't want to do it. But for me, it came down to, okay, do I want to do missions more? Do I love missions more than I hate fundraising? Mm-hmm. And it was like, <laughs> by, by Didn't a few. Did you s- ask yourself that this morning? <laughs> Every day? Every day. <laughs> Sorry. We're all coughing, so anyways. <laughs> no, I think another thing you see um, with missions, when it does come really easily, is that you have people who are like, well, I don't know what I want to do in the next phase of my life. I'll just go on missions. Yeah. And, and so it becomes like a gap year for them. And yeah, which it, if you go and you say, I'm going to serve for six months or a year under another, like in, in the Dominican Republic, their score, and they have the gap year program, mm-hmm. which is great because it's it's a controlled environment. It is a learning environment. A, a learning, learning yeah. A, yeah. It, it's made to build you up and, and like build on the idea that you had for missions. And you also contribute to the ministry in the way that they see fit, which is good. It's an internship in that sense. But I've also seen people that, just like you said, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm going to be a missionary. And they show up, and, and honestly, in the long run, it just becomes more problematic because, and it's not about being 100% sure about every step of everything, but they just have no clue. They just essentially showed up mm-hmm. in the country, and then people are looking to them for leadership, and then they put, it's like, the kid that's wearing his dad's suit coat, you know, like, and not because they're not qualified, it's just they're not focused. 
and they're not sure that this is what they want to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think having a tough time, and I can't believe I'm saying this, 10 years ago, I would have never said this. Five years ago, I would have never said this. Yesterday, I may have never said it. <laughs> but, like, difficult, like, the the challenge of support raising does kind of weed that out a little bit yeah. because it makes you, it, it does, it makes you think, like, oh, do I really want to do this? Or is mm-hmm. it just something, like, that's a cool thing? Because it's, you know, it's not always cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. But then you have cases of people who, who are like, you think they would be excellent. You know, they love it and they're passionate about it and they just can't leave disability. Yeah. And it just, it's heartbreaking to see because then, because so you see it in the person, like they're still longing to do this. I wish, yeah. I wish, I wish I would have, but I can't, which, yeah. which and I understand too, if you yeah. have a family and you're, it's, it's tough. It's not, yeah. and I, I mean, it's just not an easy Obviously, on our side of it, it's easier to see because we've been doing this for 10 years, going on 11 years. And we started when we were, we weren't parents. Yeah, know? exactly. You and I. Exactly. And so for, on our side of it, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it'll work out. You know, it's very easy to say that from our side. But on before, I mean, it's, it's very scary and it's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And like there's like literally 10 percent faith and 90 percent that because there's just there's so many things that doesn't make sense of how it's going to work out. Like, how am I going to raise whatever if your budget is $1,500 or if it's $10,000 a month? Like, you, the question is still, how am I going to raise that monthly? Yeah. Because I think most people have gone on a short-term trip until so you raise 2000 to $3,000 probably for a short-term trip now. Yeah, okay, but now you have to raise that every month. Yeah. So it's like, and you remember how hard it was to quote-unquote raise it for, or, you know, you felt like it was hard to raise it for your trip or whatever. But now I look back and I'm like, for my short-term trips when I was older, like you, I mean, if you plan ahead, you can you can save up for that. Yeah, you just work a couple months. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, doesn't need to. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. But then um, we were saying, you know, the pressure of of <laughs> the feeling of fear of where is this going to come from monthly? Um, what I would encourage anybody that wants to be a missionary to, um, to do is to draw that boundary of what are we willing to do for fundraising and what are we not willing to do. Like we worked with mich- uh, with orphans in the very beginning, you know, yeah. in our internship, and um, we said we're not going to take pictures of these kids with snotty noses, yeah. you know, flies on their face, or we're going to dignity. Um, yes, make sure that we are um, representing them well, that we're not going to embarrass them, mm-hmm. even though it pulls at heartstrings, you know, Absolutely. like oh, this poor baby, you know, um, doesn't have a, a parent, you know, <clears throat> and we never. Um, we decided too. We're not going to share their personal stories of how they ended up here mm-hmm. because also it's that is manipulative too. Yeah. You know? So then there's those lines, right? Because then you yeah. see, um, and you see missionaries that that go into into fine line, go into trying to describe what they're doing, describe what's going on around them, and then they begin to exaggerate what's going mm-hmm. on, and then it becomes lying, right? You're you're lying to manipulate people to give. And what's frustrating is that a lot of times we see that that works. Yeah. And so their budgets, their monthly budgets are, they blow it off the roof and it, yeah. off, they blow the roof off of it. What's the phrase? You yeah, know they, what I'm trying yeah. to say? They go over their budget. Basically. Yeah. They go over their budget and it's just like, man, we but, were just trying to do one thing and, and then look at them doing all of this stuff that. But it's, all, you know. it's almost like getting frustrated in your relationship and then looking on Instagram and seeing how happy people are. Like it's 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 fake it is. because like it doesn't it's not sustainable and I say that because whatever you do to win people is what you got to do to keep them. That's true. So there's a point like so I've had not relations I've had conversations with people that I'm close to here about that specifically over the years and because this is the thing Facebook has changed everything before you could write your newsletter take your picture and no one ever really knows what you're communicating to people overseas mm-hmm. but now you put stuff on Facebook. Your Bolivian friends see that. There's a little translate button. They can read everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so so a lot of my Bolivian friends, we've had very candid conversations about missions in the way that missionaries represent uh, specifically in Bolivia, Bolivians in the, in the culture here. And the feedback is, has not been good at all. It's been, you know, basically they feel like there's a supremacy issue, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't say they feel like. That's what they see, the supremacy issue, because it's like I'm from West Virginia. And when I was, I was probably still like this, but I don't even live there anymore, so I don't know. But it was whenever they would show someone on TV from West Virginia, it would always be someone with overalls and with three and a half teeth. (laughs) 
Like, it would always be just something absurd and ridiculous, and it's embarrassing. And what would we say is that's not a proper representation of us. Yeah. If you talk to a person from anywhere in Africa, any country in Africa, Nigerian, Kenyan, uh, from Ghana, whatever, and they show kids, you know, that are starving to death with swollen stomachs, whatever, they get frustrated. Not because that kid doesn't exist, but that is a, a, a poor representation of who we are as Kenyans or whatever the case is. We're not all like that. We have beautiful cities. We want you to show that too. Uh, by all means, help the kids, but don't misrepresent us. And I think that's this sense that you have here is they look at missionaries who are people who supposedly come on, ha- come on behalf of God to share the word of God and contribute to the church and whatever the case may be. But those people are also presenting us in a terrible light and essentially prostituting us so that they can raise money yeah. so that we can. And it's not about talking about real issues because I asked that question in some of these conversations. Okay, is the problem that, because we all have stuff in our countries or in our states and our local neighborhood, even our families, that we're embarrassed of. It did things that need help and attention, but it's embarrassing to say it publicly. And so I've asked, like, is it the fact that these are issues at all that it's embarrassing? And most people say, no, it's not that. We know that there's issues here and we know that we need help with these issues. It's the way that the issue is presented. And like you said, it's looking for the, you know, the poorest person with the most holes in their shirt and the oldest lady, you know, the kid with who's paralyzed or whatever and begging on the street corner and using him with no intentions of really helping him, yeah. but using him to put him on the front of your newsletter or whatever so that, because it tugs on people's heartstrings. Yeah. And so I've had this conversation with Rudy many a times more than anybody else. And his thing is like, I feel prostituted when people do that stuff. I feel like people are selling the, you know, the looking for the most vulnerable people in society and taking pictures of those and using the picture of those people to benefit their quote unquote ministry. Mm-hmm. But that person who is vulnerable never is getting help from that. Mm-hmm. And even if they were, it's still like, again, dignity right. is, is an issue. And so that, that's one thing that we put at the forefront of our ministry is we always, we don't want to uh, raise funds. <laughs> at the sake of someone's dignity, right? Like mm-hmm. we want to restore dignity to people who are already struggle with it, to vulnerable people who have been preyed on by society or by, by the, whether it's the government or whatever, the culture or whatever. Um, that's what, you, that, that's something that we have made a decision on. But I, I realized how much, how bad are as Americans, um, specifically, Amer- again, it's my context, so I'm not gonna say people from the UK, but a- as Americans are, are um, fundraising habits how damaging they can be and so it's counterproductive because oh yeah we raised a million dollars to help the cause but no one now no one really you know like wants to even work with us or maybe they'll work with us because we're paying them or whatever but there's not any love there and that's really the primary thing of what we're supposed to be sharing here is love and so people feel used and abused and and like like you just literally sold their dignity so that you could quote unquote help them get a better life or you know grow and spiritually but it's, it's, it's very counterproductive, but I, I think it's something that we don't think much of, but I don't know, with the rise of Facebook and stuff, and the rise of the use of Facebook here, everybody here has Facebook yeah. now, and so again, they see it, they see what you're saying, they see, and I'm, again, I, I know missionaries who have said some very, very disrespectful things about Bolivia, and, and always, it's always in a joke, right, like it's never, quote unquote, it's definitely serious, but it's said in a joking way, but it's not funny to me, like, I don't know, but it's almost like, look how terrible this place is. They need my help. Send your money. I mean, that's the big picture of of your life. You mm-hmm. know that you're that you that you you know that you're sharing or whatever. So, like you said, when we try to share photos, even on my personal Instagram and stuff, I try to share fun stuff, happy stuff, because I can go to Chicago, and I can share beautiful Chicago, productive Chicago, like best city in the United States, hands down in the summertime. Chicago, I can show that. Or I can go and show, like, in some neighborhood where it's dangerous Chicago. Like, the choice is literally mine. Yeah. And it's, it's a poor representation just to show the bad part and not show the brilliant part. So, for me, I, want, I like showing the beauty of Bolivia. And there's, there's funny stuff, too, that everybody laughs at. We laugh at here with the animals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like showing that part of Bolivia because it's, it's fun. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's harmless. I, very seldom will I show people's personal stuff. But it's typically in a positive light if I show someone's personal thing. Like, I want to present them in a positive light or 
I don't know, congratulate them or something. Yeah. But yeah, but it's a, it's a tough thing because you do want people to know what's going on. But then when you see the abuse of, of like whatever, taking advantage of people, taking advantage of the vulnerable, using their pictures, then it makes you not want to do anything. You don't want to share anything. Yeah. But then when it's time to raise money and that people don't feel connected because they don't, they don't, they don't know never, what's going on. Yeah, they've never seen Bolivia. What do you like do? They don't, yeah, they don't. How's Brazil? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What's your, what time zone are you in? The same one. How is that possible? You're on the other side of the world. Well, like, no, we're in South America. Yeah. Oh, it's in South America? Like, you know, like literally just disconnected because we haven't shared, but we haven't shared in uh, an extreme reaction to people who are oversharing, I think is the nicest yeah. way of putting it. And it's just, yeah, so, but. And we, we went through that, right? Like trying to find, well, well, where is this balance? Because, you know, people do want to know what's going on. Um, I feel that they need to know what's going Absolutely. on in order for them to catch a heart for the, uh, the, the vision and the people. And so, you know, um, how do we do that? And so. Yeah. And they're, I mean, and the people that give too, they're a part of the, like we're partners here. So they, I mean, they need to know what's good. Definitely. There's an accountability, right? Yep. So yeah, I don't, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there on how to fundraise. And I think some of the, like the foundational stuff they teach you is accurate. Mm -hmm. Like, but there is no one way that works for everybody. It, there's not, because yeah. everybody's cultural context is different. The access to different types of churches and different places that everybody has is different. Mm -hmm. um, That's true. When we started fundraising, we were fre I was fresh out of college, mm -hmm. and we were 21, 22. Yeah. All of our friends Wait, were... no, no. We, when we got married, that's we were, how old we were. Oh, okay. So we were like 23, 24? It was 2009, so was it 11 years ago? So yeah, like 24. 24. Um, all of our friends were paying back student loans or yeah. still in college and trying to make their pay their way through college. And it's like, this is our pool of, of influence yeah. of people. And you're trying to raise money. And, like, but they they're all trying to start their own ministries yeah. too. Or their life. Life, yeah. They're getting married. It was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, that it was recommended that we read a book called Friend Raising. Mm -hmm. And I really struggled with that book because, and maybe I read it wrong, but... I just felt like it was telling me the purpose of building re these relationships. There's an underlying manipulation going yeah. on because I'm going to take you out to lunch, but I'm going to ask you to support us. So it's not really so I can build a relationship yeah. with you or even, if, or even if it was, you still have that, that pitch. Right. Yeah. And so it felt ingenuine to me. And yeah, I, I think we've kind of gone our own way as far as that goes, like probably taking different stuff from different, what different, different elements from different books and stuff, but overall, yeah, like overall, the idea, like I get the idea, but the idea is, is focused on the ministry and what you want to do. It's not necessarily focused on the relationship. It's only focused on maintaining, maintaining the relationship so that it can be beneficial to you. And so, you know, and they present it as beneficial to the other person because they get to give to a good cause and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just, I tend to think that relationships are relationships are more important than anything mm -hmm. like whether you give us money or you don't give us money who, who cares at the end of the day because like, there's so many people that I realize that they see it that way as well it's like when you ask for money or when you approach or mention support then they when they say no like then they avoid you and don't want to talk to you and stuff like that it creates yeah. this very weird thing and it's like it's not personal dude like and that happened because I was recommended that we basically do like a mass marketing email marketing i mean it just happens email. because the the i mean it just happens because the whole church is the whole culture of church and missions and stuff is just jack it's, it's just weird the way things are and with the rise of prosperity gospel and like this me 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 other stuff and mm -hmm. whatever like i want to build my kingdom here i gotta make my millions and what it, it just it, it blurs all the lines and people are confused they don't know what to do when Somebody comes up and is like, hey, can you give $10 a month? Mm -hmm. Or they're like, why would I do that? Or I got to pray about it. You know, I think I got to talk to my wife about it or let me, I want to think about it is a, is, is a legit thing. But I, why do we need to pray about supporting missions? Yeah. We don't pray about going to McDonald's. You don't pray about going to Chick-fil-A. 
You don't pray about buying Starbucks. You don't pray about buying a bag of potato chips, which are all things that go to waste. They're all unnecessary. Missions is very necessary. And it doesn't mean everybody has to support everybody, but to make it like spiritual and say, we'll see if God wants me to give $10 a month to help people in Bangladesh. Yes, he does. I can tell you right now, he does. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know, but we, that's the culture is very, it's very selfish in that sense as to where we'll buy anything for ourselves, no prayer about it, no, really no thinking about it. But when it comes time to giving to people other than we want to give God every opportunity to say no, we want to give God every opportunity to say, oh, well, you know, God just told me not right now. No, he didn't. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't make, well, the, it's it's just silly. just say no. I don't want to do it. There's there's no problem with that, yeah. you know. But over spiritualizing stuff. But it's because we want to spend our money on us. We don't want to help kids in Trinidad or in you know in Lima, Peru, or you know in Nigeria or it doesn't matter in China. We don't care care about that. We just want to want to you know do it. It's all our money and for us. And we're, it's weird that when it's giving it to the kingdom of God and helping promote something that God has made very clear that we're called to do. We have to pray about it. But when it's like indulging ourselves, which is something that we're told to be very cautious of, we don't pray about it at all. Mm-hmm. We, without thinking about it, we'll indulge. But to give a, a few extra dollars to your church, or I'm not just talking about us, because you don't have to give to us, but to your church or to uh, some missionary that's doing work, you know, it's always, I got to pray about it and see what God says and whatever. It's just a, it's a very weird. Or you always assume that somebody else is going to pick up. Uh, somebody else is going to cover it. Oh, if I don't give, somebody else will. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, you don't feel the responsibility to do it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a, um, another mi- an, another church that supported us at at one point, and the pastor stepped down, and they got a new pastor, and um, he wrote immediately, like it seems like his first day in the office, he wrote a letter um, to us. And the letter said, uh, and I'm almost quoting, I'm not getting it exactly, um, uh, mission, your your support is God's responsibility, not ours. I've been a missionary before, and I know that God will take care of it. With that said, we're not going to continue supporting you guys anymore. Like what? Not that again. The problem isn't that you're not supporting us anymore. You don't owe us anything. But to have the attitude of like it's God's responsibility, not ours. Mm-hmm. Like oh, okay. Like I mean, God is is a, a provider. If if he ha- if money or manna has to fall from heaven, then it will. It's happened before. You mm-hmm. know. And so that's not the issue. It's just like, man, like, what are we doing as a church to where we feel like it's this phantom responsibility that God hasn't given to us because God has given it to us, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, the whole, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just church culture, what it's become and what in, in the midst of American culture. It's not American culture. I can't blame it on America. It's just consumerist. It's really worldwide con- this consumerist mentality we just want to consume 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 and like not many people are really concerned with producing mm-hmm. everybody's concerned with consuming and not producing and so then in the midst of that now you want to convince people not only to be productive or to produce and not just consume but produce in a place that they're never going to go that they're never going to that they've never been to that they never heard of until you just asked them to help you it, it's very tough it's very tough but i think going through all those steps of fundraising, doing what, just asking people, and you know it's not personal. It kind of tells you too, like a, a little bit about the other, if they take it personal that you ask them to support your nonprofit, mm-hmm. like, you know, cause I mean, there's other nonprofits that, I, I, I read all the time, I read these things cause I follow these nonprofit pages and uh, different like, um, there's like different startups and stuff like that. They talk about like, they raise millions of dollars, like, uh, to make some sunglasses or something like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever. It's, it's crazy. And you know, there are people that are running orphanage trying to build an orphanage and they're struggling to raise money. You know, mm-hmm. I always make the joke that if we just opened up a dog shelter, we'd have enough to, su- to supply true. everything, yeah. you know, like a homeless dog, a street dog shelter. Oh, if we open that up, we, the, the money would overflow and go, we could do everything we wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's just weird. And, and how things have, and I don't know. The last thing we want to it seems if it seems like sometimes the last thing we want to invest in is ministry, and I don't. Know, it's it's a very odd thing. But there are people who are very, very committed and very mm-hmm. ministry. It is it is interesting because you know we have 
we have had the majority of our supporters are, are people who um, support us in our ministry because they love us, they believe in us, Absolutely. and they know that, you know, we, we're, we're spirit-led and we're doing things mm -hmm. uh, for the kingdom of God. And it's not, you know, there's, and, and thanks, thanks to you, there's a lot of open communication between you and the pastors or you and the supporters. Um, but then there are other people who, um, and it's not a bad thing, but they give based on the cause. Oh, you're going to start a basketball mm -hmm. program. I love basketball. That's something I'm into. Or, Oh, you're going to start, I don't know, um, a pop-up shop. Yes. Uh, I would love to help, you know, help with that. And they will, they will give a, a, a big donation to, to start that project. Absolutely. So I think that just shows the importance of communicating, mm -hmm. you know, what we're doing um, and, and when we're going to launch it or when we're going to do it. Because people who, who may have never thought about giving to us because they have, uh, you know, there are people who, who give to orphans only. And I know people who have been giving for years to um, big organizations that, they don't have a personal contact with, but they send them a picture of the kid every yeah. so often, you know, Yeah. Uh, because they have a heart for orphans, you know, and so there are, it's just, there's different ways you yeah. know, that people are, are feel. And there are different personality types too, right? Because some people are more uh, task-based. They want to get, okay, what, what do you need? I want to get this done. Like, yeah, so yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll write, and it's not get it done, but it's in a good way. I want to see this, see this through yeah. and get this project, the project-based, mm -hmm. you know, and you do need both. Yeah, you need both definitely. because you need the you need people to sustain you on a monthly basis. You need the support, but you also need when you have a special project, you need those special gifts of people who are project based. Like, okay, I want to help with this project. Yeah. And anytime you have, a, there's some people that anytime we have a project, they're writing checks, mm -hmm. and it's awesome because like it's 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 just awesome the way that it all comes together, or whatever you know. Yeah. But that but that's where the importance of communication comes in. And I think the best way of fundraising is communicating. Just being honest and communicating with people mm -hmm. and being honest about what you're doing, what you've done and what you want to do, like what your needs are, what your needs aren't, what your wants are. OK, well, this is not a need. This is, a, you know, but just ma maintaining that open line of communication. Yeah. I, go ahead. No, I was going to say you said that uh, the, the best way to raise funds is to communicate and be honest. I think there's um, I remember that. We were given advice, hey, just you have Go through your Facebook list, write people that you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and just let them know what you're raising money for, see if they're interested in, in doing it. And so my my whole thing was, I don't want to go in and say, hey, how you doing? How's life? Yeah, I've been thinking about you. Oh, yeah, by the way, this, it seems yeah, manipulative. very, like, like, sneaky. Exactly. So what I did was, it's I like just like you're selling went, Herbalife or right? something. <laughs> Those, <laughs> hey, I'm going to give you, like, I got, hey, how you doing? I haven't talked in so long. Let's FaceTime. Uh, yeah, let's FaceTime. Love you, girl. I got a business opportunity for you. <laughs> uh, you want to be your owner of your own business? Yeah, and so I thought, I'm just going to cut that out because... I don't want them to feel manipulated. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I just went directly in. Hey, um, I'm writing you because of X, Y, Z. And um, the person was very honest with me and said, hey, you know, I felt like that was uh, rude because you didn't even care about how I was doing. And so I felt like, dang it. No, but <laughs> I, I, like for me, I prefer no one's people are always going to be unhappy. Yeah. Because this is the thing is people have become accustomed to the way that they think it should be. And that they're enti everybody's entitled to that. But for me, I don't, like, I, I never want to come across as manipulative. Yeah. I never want to come across as, like, prostituting my friends and, and, and basically family here, but nor do I want to manipulate my friends and family there. And so for me, even people that I haven't talked to forever, so for me, like, that's what I would do every time is, hey, I'm writing you about this. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to talk about because I don't, I don't believe it because I think seven out of 10 people will think the same way you did. Oh, that's why she, because how do you feel when people write you and say, Hey girl, how you doing? Blah, blah. I haven't talked to you in forever. How's everything been going? And you're like, Oh, that's odd. They wrote me. I haven't talked mm -hmm. to her in 10 years, blah, blah, blah. And you get into it like, Oh, blah, blah. And yeah, I have an opportunity. It's called, I forgot what that business is called. That was back in like the nineties. But, uh, and, uh, with not not Amtrak. That's the the bus. But this I can't what Am something, and it's you know it's just a, a pyramid scheme, mm -hmm. and it's like then you're like oh you feel like oh I thought they really wanted to talk to me. I but got they caught didn't. in a pyramid scheme once, <laughs> stuck for an hour in a meeting. You were a business owner, <laughs> came home trying to convince me. 
Like, man, you don't go to work. <laughs> he got me too. He came into my job and said, I just, you have excellent sales, selling skills. Pumped you up. <laughs> got to my pride. Uh huh. <laughs> like, oh, let me hear what you're talking about. No, um, but you were, you were saying, like, we're just trying to be careful not to um, manipulate. And I would say, us so much so that we even became careful in, in not saying, God has called us to, or God said, spoke, even if we felt like he did say that, we're yeah. not saying that. In yeah. Try to, try to use it as an authoritative thing. Like, Oh, God said, so now yeah. you like trapping people mm-hmm. because it's in, in a sense, that's personal. If God told us to do something, like got to make it like about just say, cause what if we missed it? Yeah. What if we, what if God didn't say, what if God didn't speak that? Well then, I mean, we'll be responsible for it, you know, mm-hmm. and just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, I don't know. I think, I think just I, for me, it is just being straight up. It being straight up what people tell them what you're looking for and whatever. And some people will maybe get offended by that. But I think more people will get offended um, by the, I don't want to say trickiness, because maybe that's not what everybody's heart is. But it, it feels like, oh, you just want to, you know, but if you say it from the beginning, like, hey, I'm raising money for this, this, and this, like, you can easily just say no, yeah. you know. But now you got me talking and chatting and all this. And now, you know, now I'm ticked off or I'm hurt or whatever, you know, it just, mm-hmm. Don't want to get people. I don't like getting people's emotions involved. Yeah. Because, and I mean, there are points where they do get involved when you tell stories and stuff like that. Like it just is what it is. You get emotionally involved, but I don't want to. I just don't want to be manipulative. I don't want to even come across as manipulative. So I'm very cautious about that. And so that's why, yeah, I'm just more like, hey, Billy, I know we haven't talked in five years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just like, hey, Billy, I hope everything's well with you. I'll say something like that. I hope everything's well with you. Hey. I'm writing about opportunity we have, or not, I don't say that. It's not an opportunity. And here I am, given the, the pyramid <laughs> scheme. Yeah. Like, right about what we're doing, um, we're raising money. We're looking for, you know, 30 people to give $10 a month, blah, 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 blah something like that. I don't know if you'd be interested. If you, if you have any more questions, you can ask or we can discuss it, whatever. And just, I'm, straight, I'm straight up about it, typically. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that in a long time, which I need to do it. But because it's, it's, it's awkward, you know, regardless, it's awkward, but. But yeah, I think someone's always going to be, you know, like they're always, you know, gonna not, not upset, but they're always going to, regardless of how you do it, there's always going to be somebody that's like, oh, why you did you, did yeah, you should have did it differently. Yeah. But, and there are so many ways to, right. to fundraise. So. And, but it's typically people that have never had to fundraise before that mm-hmm. want to tell you, you know, what the best approach is, but they're telling you the best approach for them. And they're they're absolutely right. That's, mm-hmm. That was the best approach to approach them. But you don't know that because we haven't talked in ten years. First of all, yeah, no, <laughs> no. But like, yeah, I mean, you just don't you don't know that. It's just I don't know. It's and I think too is like you see everything is a missed opportunity. Like, oh no, now what are we gonna do? But it comes down to really depending on God, not being ridiculous and well, God's gonna take care of it. But definitely like doing your best and trying to find, but also knowing that like God is behind it all and mm-hmm. he's a provider and he's our source of, you know, of uh, provision and everything. Yeah. And we do this, we take these as steps of faith and we talk to people. And also it is an opportunity for the Christian to be involved in something bigger than themselves. Absolutely. It is, a, uh, it is an opportunity for a Christian who works nine to five at the bank to be missional. Yeah. Be missional at any uh, evangelistic at their job, but they can be missional as well. in the, in the, in the, in the sense of like world missions, they can be involved in that, even though they feel like, well, I'm not called to missions or I would never, I could never, that's what we hear all the time. I could never live there. Or I can never do this. or I can never do that, but they, they can be involved. And so it is an opportunity as believers to participate in the great commission, mm-hmm. um, to participate actively in all the world and not just where you are, or at least somewhere afar and somewhere, you know, near and afar. So you, to be active in your local church, but also supportive of, of, of foreign missions of not foreign mission, international missions i guess i should say yeah. and so yeah because we, we all have a responsibility to both we all do we have a, uh there's a guy in, in charleston west virginia that um he had to kill that spider sorry um there's a guy in charleston west virginia he does a lot of stuff on the west side which is in the inner city of charleston west virginia and anytime and we've talked anytime he wants to he's trying to do something like we try to get you know get involved and help them out because for us that's missions mm-hmm. because we live here now and so living here and seeing what he's doing there's somewhere where we aren't so we're working where we are we being evangelistic in that in that sense but then missional is, is reaching back and helping him with his calls or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know 
I just think that's that's my conviction as a believer, and that's what I see what the Word is telling us in the Great Commission is to to not just do it all yourself, but to partner with people who are like-minded and also doing it as well. Yeah. And whether that's, you know, supporting a project here and there or whether that's monthly support or whatever, it's always praying regardless always. of who you are. It's if you don't have money, you can still pray. Mm-hmm. You don't have a heart for missions, you can still pray, and you should still pray. It's your responsibility, you know. Just like it's our responsibility to pray for the the uh, global church and you know mission or u.s ministries and stuff as well you know it's always our job to pray but going beyond that um it's you know we get involved in the on the levels that we can and so but that that culture i don't know if it's growing in churches or not but it doesn't in some in some denominations it definitely exists it's a big deal. Missions is like, oh yeah, we support missions. But in other denominations or non-denominational circles, it, it's not as normal as a thing, or as, as promoted, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. to to be involved here and there, or because a lot of people that we know, like they, they're not involved in their local church, so it's very hard if where you, you can't be involved where you see. Now I'm trying to convince you to be involved in some place you can't see. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of I don't want to say impossible but it's tough you know yes. so adventures and fundraising so after all that I guess what we would say is the best fundraising is what works for you <laughs> <laughs> I mean I but I, no, I think I think being honest not brutally honest but being open on transparent is the word mm-hmm. being transparent about who you are what you want to do what your dreams and goals are understanding that everyone's not going to support you so be transparent uh, don't make it personal. It's not personal. When people want to support you or, you know, there are ways to do it that are respectful or civil between human beings, but mm-hmm. just don't take, don't make it personal because yeah. it's, uh, it's not fair to the person you're talking to. And it's not also not fair for you in the long run. Also, I think we have the tendency to, to especially in the phase one of fundraising is write a list of people that you want to contact. And on those lists of people, it's, family and close mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. and and if you do take it personal you're gonna get really hurt when you your yeah. grandma's not supporting you yeah. you're like i thought she was my biggest fan you yeah know? and uh, she is your biggest fan like you know what i mean it mm-hmm. doesn't mean just because she's not giving you money every month she's not yeah she doesn't love you because you start attaching your emotions to oh they don't love me they, they don't, don't believe in yeah me. they don't believe in me and that's mm-hmm. not true it's not they just don't they have maybe haven't caught the vision or it's, sometimes it's like nine one one. like when they teach you uh but I was gonna say in Spanish, um, first aid. Duh. When they teach you, like, not first aid, whatever it's called. When like someone's unconscious and you go, and like they say, you call nine one one. You have to point to someone and tell that person because there's always people around when someone passes out and is choking. Yeah. The crowd gathers around and sucks up all the air to make sure they die faster. And so with all the people around, like you're supposed to point to someone and say, you called 911 and they say because you say someone called 911 every just everyone just thinks oh someone's going to call 911 but no one really understands that someone is me mm-hmm. and so in in fundraising it's similar it can be similar as well so someone can someone help us and everyone's like yeah i'm going to pray that someone will help you and great thank you but everyone is thinking oh yeah someone's going to help them mm-hmm. but not understanding that oh i am someone i can help I, I'm capable. I am financially, physically, you know, mentally, spiritually capable of helping them. Yeah, and so, like, let me help. And so that's where the direct communication comes into play. Is like people, I don't think a lot of people are against what you're doing. I don't think a lot of people don't believe in you. Maybe, maybe they don't. Everybody doesn't have to believe in you. They don't owe you nothing. Yeah. So, but like, I think a lot of people just don't understand. Oh, you need my help. Oh, I didn't. Because we don't picture ourselves with a global reach. Our church, we say, oh, our church, yeah, they support missionaries in Kenya and in Bangladesh, you know, in Thailand, whatever. Great. But we don't understand that I'm capable on a personal level. A lot of people just don't understand that. Yeah. It's not, it's just not, it's not a natural thought, you know. They're, oh, 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 you need me to help. Oh, I can make a difference. Oh, okay. A lot of people are not gung-ho about it, but like, it's just a, something they hadn't thought about before you know Mm -hmm. so community just again communicating that and just being open and transparent with them about about that but um again not making it personal and i don't know just being open transparent not making it personal and just being consistent like don't give up Mm -hmm. because you're gonna get no's no like if you talk to these entrepreneurs now that like entrepreneurship is huge now in the u.s and there's so many books on it and there's people that give um 
like speeches or whatever they call it, they go around and give like motivational talks or whatever. Oh yeah. About like entrepreneurship and stuff. Everybody, all their stories. Or when I started my business, I was looking for someone to, you know, to invest or to help me or whatever. I wrote 3,000 people before I got one yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what it is sometimes. Like, you just got to stick with it. You got to push in. And and you got to understand that you're, it's not personal. It is not personal. It's not personal. You make sure that they know that it's not personal if they say no. But also make sure that you're not making it personal when they say if they say no. Because people are going to say no. They just don't. Everybody doesn't have to love Trinidad, Bolivia or, you know. Chicago, and, Illinois, whatever. And you know? kindness and compassion too goes a long way. Just because he said no now doesn't mean it's yeah. a forever no. You know, your response to that, their first no was like, hey man, okay, I understand. Thank you so much for, you know, even entertaining this conversation. And you, you block know. them on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that person. I, and you're stalking. I'm like, they got money. Look, they're yeah, on vacation. He bought a boat. <laughs> oh my. Look, he's wearing Couldn't even give me Jordans. $10 a month. <laughs> right. right. But, but just, your response, your kindness to them, your understanding. Um, a lot of times it, when they do come across a, a, a point in their life where they have extra or they feel like they want to be a little bit more generous, they're going to think about you. Yeah. You know? And I think I, that, that's a good one you mentioned indirectly, too, is don't count other people's money. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I think people tend to go to a church and if it's big, they're like, oh, I want to be able to raise X yep. amount here. And whatever, or they go to a church that's small and be like, oh, and they have put, you know, like a half done effort into it because they don't think that they're going to give a lot or whatever. Yeah. But understanding this, God's the provider and people are the, are the, are, uh, God is the source and people are the, what is it called? The vessels that, mm-hmm. which he uses. And, and so, man, just give the opportunity. Cause I think when people say, oh, they have a new boat, they have a house of six stories. So I'm going to go to them. And it, and sometimes, a lot of times, those people are like, oh, no, not right now. We're not interested. Mm-hmm. But then you get heartbroken because you you know they got it. Yeah. But it's not about whether they got it. Again, no one owes you anything. You put your hope in that. Yeah, you put your mm-hmm. hope in, in, in their earnings. And that's their earnings. They make it. Don't don't count their money. Exactly. That's nothing to do with that. And then you skip over people because you know they're poor mm-hmm. or whatever, too, when honestly you're giving them an outlet to be generous. And, and a lot of times the people that you think are the least likely to give are the ones that – give the most and the most true. faithful and the you know we, we've gone to churches with you know 30 some members that have given us thousands of dollars over the years i'm so glad that we never took that advice to um if uh to evaluate if it's worth it you know like yeah it's i'm not gonna it. go pay for a flight to go visit this church or go drive this this distance to visit this church of 20 people it's not worth it yeah and it's just like, man, it is absolutely worth it to go share what God is doing. Share the vision. It's an investment. Because yeah. yeah, it, it does suck when you don't have a lot of money. Like, I've done that before. It's like you buy a flight to go somewhere. And then, I mean, you just lose money that you really didn't have in the first place. Because, like, you don't leave with support and whatever. But just forget that. Like, for me, I've gotten to a place where I share the gospel. Yeah. That's what I do. I, yeah. Especially with the churches that are support. I share with, with God, what, God is, what God is doing in Trinidad, Bolivia. But I'm going with the mentality that I'm going to share the gospel with people because in that case, oh, that's well worth it to invest my money. Absolutely. And so because they and I'm at the stage now where people ask, ask me to preach before in the early days, people don't ask you to preach. They give you the five minutes to share about whatever, you know, but now they ask me to preach. So in my mind, if I have to spend this three hundred fifty dollars on a plane ticket, oh, it's well worth it in the, the investment because I'm going to preach the gospel mm-hmm. to people. And we we should be willing to pay anything so that people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so. I'll spend my $350 somewhat reluctantly sometimes on a, because I don't have it on a plane ticket to fly to Tulsa, Oklahoma or, you know, wherever somewhere. Cause we don't have supporting churches in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now, but I'll go there and I'll preach. And that way, like if, if I didn't quote unquote, like if they didn't give enough or no one, we didn't get monthly support, you can easily convince yourself that oh, it wasn't worth the trip. Yeah. But first of all, you're planting a seed. Like, of even of your ministry of what, what you're doing or whatever. And again, like you said, just because it's no now doesn't mean at some point it's not going to be no, but even more importantly, you're going there to preach the gospel. Like, so I've told myself, yeah, like fundraising is, is a second, uh, what is it called? Like the secondary, what is the word I'm looking for? Secondary, uh, purpose. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's not the word I was looking for, but that yeah, works. But it's, just, it's, that, that's the, that's secondary. I can, yeah. There you go. 
That works. <laughs> that it, but the, the, the primary point is I want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it takes the pressure off. Because, oh, when I spend this money, it has to be worth it. And now you're all stressed out and acting weird or people because you're just hoping they give you a big check or they commit to you monthly and whatever. It's not really about that. It's to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, again, it's, you know, this is the thing. I met a guy in Cochabamba one time, and he flew on a flight next to a pastor that was in Cochabamba, a missionary. Um, and he said that he, his mom died around the time, and so he started talking to the missionary about what he was going through. I was like, man, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, so you can pray. And, like, the guy just pretty much blew him off, kind of ignored him. And um, he said something to him, like, aren't you a missionary? He's like, and he, he made some type of comment of, I'm a missionary to, uh, to Cochabamba. Basically, like, I'm not a missionary when I'm out of Cochabamba. But for me, like, I, I, t- I took that because I saw how much it hurt the guy mm-hmm. that was at, and I was like, man, I'm a missionary everywhere. Yeah. I am a missionary, period. I happen to live in Bolivia, but I'm a missionary. So if I'm in Charleston, West Virginia, if I'm in Huntington, West Virginia, if I'm in Columbus, Ohio, Fort Dodge, Iowa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, wherever, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, like, I'm a missionary. So what is my job as a missionary? To share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to contribute to the greater cause of the church, you know, to Great Commission, so on and so forth not to raise money. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, raise money is, is a part of my job because we have to sustain the ministry that we have. But the primary goal of our ministry is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with mm-hmm. people who are lost. And so just changing that in my mentality has made it so much easier and it's taken up so much stress of, of like, oh, I hope, I hope that this trip is worth it because now the trip's always worth it because mm-hmm. I'm going to share Jesus with people. So, yeah, yeah, I'll pay for it. Yeah, I'll go. You know, yeah, whatever. I'll figure it out financially, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. And, uh, so I don't know. I think that's the thing too. Is just re- remember what you're here for. That's important. You're not here for. We we do need to raise fundraise, but we're not here to fundraise. Mm-hmm. You are here to represent Jesus Christ and share the gospel, to be a light in the darkness, whatever that may look like. Yeah. To share hope and you know to contribute to the local church that or which is not local to you, but the church that's local where you are, mm-hmm. and that's what you're here for. And so if even if they don't give you money, that's fine. You're not there to get money. You're there to share the love of Jesus with people. Mm-hmm. So when, you're, when your priority is giving and not getting, you'll never be disappointed because you control it. And so if I'm here to give, I'm here to give the gospel, I'm here to share hope, I'm here to love people, whatever, you control that. And so whether mission accomplished or not, that's up to you. Yeah. And then God, what is, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And he's talking about provision. He's talking about provision in that. He's not talking about what you want in your cars and all, you know, your dream house. It's not, he's, not talking, he's talking about provision. He's talking about eating and and all your things that you're supplied, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is what? It's, you know, the hope of Jesus. It's the gospel and the, him coming to restore all things back to him, reconcile all things back to himself. This is the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. And so it's like, okay, well, if we seek that first, everything else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean don't mention fundraising and the projects that are going on. Again, you, you, you have to do that because people are investing in your ministry, but don't have, don't, you can't allow that to be the priority. Yeah. And the centerpiece of what you're basing your whole thing around is like, oh, I hope they give me money. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, let me go. What, what can I give to these people here? Instead of what can I get? What can I give? What can I share with these people? How can I build this church up? I want to contribute in a mighty way on this Sunday for 30 that's minutes good. that I'm here, you know. And that's what you that's what you see in the Bible, you know, with the disciples, you know, after after Jesus left and and left us with the Holy Spirit. You know, Mm -hmm. you saw that they were going to the missionaries, were going to the churches and they were encouraging the church body. They were uh, encouraging them to don't listen to, you know, these false teachings. Don't listen to this or that. Set your eyes on Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what he did. We saw him do this. We know he's he's real. He's true. And and put your hope in him. Yeah. And um, it wasn't like guys. With a low on funds. Like, I can't go to the next church yeah, if you yeah, don't give me money. Yeah, which may be true. <laughs> yeah, I, like, it may be true. true. And you and, and you can say that in a different way. Like, hey, guys, I just want to know, can you help me? Like, with a plan. You can be straight. Again, it goes to communicating, being transparent and communicating, but not being manipulative. But I think, like, having that mentality of the giving mentality instead of the receiving mentality, like the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Um, like, I think having that, it doesn't change what you do or what you talk about. It just changes how you do it and how you, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, it just changes your, it changes your mentality, the way that you share and the way that you, and it also stabilizes your emotions. Man, that's a big one, yeah. Because you're like, man, like, you get in and then, like, you go to a church and it has 10,000 people and they give you a check for $20, you're heartbroken. Why are you heartbroken? Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't be heartbroken. That shouldn't affect you like that, you know? There's a saying, desperate people do desperate things, and then, so 
Don't ever let yourself get desperate. Because <laughs> you're not. You're not desperate. Right? Even if you feel Don't you're not desperate. Don't let yourself feel desperate. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that, and that's the thing. So, yeah, that's our fundraising episode. I think we could keep talking on and on. But yeah, there's a lot. Just some different points, but you can rewind if you want to hear them again because <laughs> I don't remember them all. But, yeah, so I think next week when Simon's back, we'll start talking about the phases of ministry and stuff like that. And I'm sure that they'll kind of go and flow to other things as well. But that's that'll be the goal of the next four to five podcasts, I think. And if we have some type of important update to do, we'll obviously do that instead of but so, yeah, be on the lookout for that. The next four weeks, we will do these phases of ministry. It's a really, I think it's a really exciting thing, and I want yes. everybody to hear it. We need to start sharing these things on, on uh, what is it called? Our Social media? Yeah, yeah. social media. Huh. I'm 35, so I'm a little behind on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and we, start, we need to start sharing these episodes on social, social media and stuff, not to show off, but because we want our supporters to be able to hear, you know, this stuff and what's going on and, and stuff like that. So, be on the lookout the next four or five weeks. We'll be talking about um, our long-term vision, the phases of ministry, what we want to do and what we want to accomplish, and, um, and, and how we're going to do it and some of the things as well. I think there'll be a lot of ideas that you'll hear about that maybe you hadn't heard about before, mm-hmm. some uh, things that are exciting to us, and hopefully they'll be exciting to you as well. But um, yeah, anyways, thank you for listening. We love you all. We really appreciate your love and support and your prayers and your financial support and Etc. 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 Everything that you do for us, we literally—it's a team sport, and we could not do it without you all, who are our teammates. So we thank you, we love, we appreciate you, and until next time, uh, provecho.